Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. We're not going to read through 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to jump into it. Um, if you haven't read 1 Corinthians 12 this summer, I'm not sure where you've been, um, but we've read through it a lot. And so we're going to just kind of skip that this morning. We're going to work our way down into interpretation of tongues. Um, and interpretation of tongues is the last gift that we're going to talk about. And last week you talked about tongues, and I want to first clarify, as I'm going to get into this, um, I believe in the power of tongues. I believe in praying in tongues. I believe in speaking in tongues. But when we get into the, the interpretation of tongues, the Bible has a lot of guidelines. And so you're going to hear me talk a lot about guidelines this morning. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm going to teach you this morning on what the Bible says, but I want you to hear me that I pray in tongues, I worship in tongues, and there's power in it. And so as we start to walk through this, I don't want you to misunderstand my heart. So interpretation of tongues, the definition is this, the ability to interpret a language not one's own. Any language, but often referring to a language one has never studied and a supernatural ability to speak or be understood in. And so there's two sides of it that you can be able to speak in a tongue that you are unaware of, that you have no knowledge of, or a supernatural ability to speak in a heavenly language or be understood in it. So there's lots of cases, I'm going to talk about a testimony a little bit near the end, where somebody will speak in a tongue and they won't realize we think it's a heavenly language, but all of a sudden somebody's in the room that doesn't want to interpret it, they want to translate it. And when that happens, it's so cool, it's so powerful, because now many of us in the room are like, oh, that's a heavenly language, and some random person in the room goes, actually, I can translate it, and I can tell you what it says in this language. And if you've ever encountered a moment like that, it's so neat, it's so cool. How do many people know that God is just amazing? So he can do anything, and he will touch people's hearts in ways that we're not even aware of. So the original Greek for the word um, tongue or language is glossu- I'm going to mess this up. Glossasa. Uh, I, I still messed it up, but that's all right. It means tongue or language. And I just want you to know that in, in um, the amount, it's used 49 times in the Bible, and the 41 of them is translated to tongues. So when we are talking this morning, referring to this word, it's not that it can be translated in all these different ways that somebody can try to wrap their mind around and be like, well, there's this, there's that, there's this, there's that. In it, 29 or 41 times of the 49, it means tongue or language. So what it is referring to is a heavenly language or a language that we have no education in. And so this is a gift, a supernatural gift that is given to us. And I want to talk to you about interpretation today. So the original Greek word for that is hermeneia. And the word is only used twice. Twice. And both by Paul and both in 1 Corinthians 12, where we're just going to skip to read because we've read it all summer and I just want to honor some time. And then we're going to read through 1 Corinthians 14, and this is the other spot that it's only used. It's only used twice in the Bible. And Paul uses it both times to explain, and it's the way the word is translated is literally just interpretational explanation. So when I hear something, I can interpret it or I can explain it. And this is the supernatural gift of interpretation of tongues. 
And so this morning, we're going to walk through it. And I understand, and Pastor Charles, he did such an incredible job um, speaking to you on tongues and the importance of tongues. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so vital in our lives as believers. That Jesus himself said it was better for him to go. Imagine that for a minute. Every one of us would love to have a chance to sit down and talk with Jesus. Uh, we were at the Martins yesterday for the renewing of their vows. Congratulations, Harlan and Michelle. And they, they played this neat little game. And in the game, there was a bunch of questions like, out of anybody who ever lived, who would you like to sit and talk with? If you had a chance to have dinner with somebody, who would it be? And, and finally, the MCs were really great because how many people know that as Christians, we love to answer, Jesus? What's the weather like? Jesus? And so they quickly said, okay, Jesus was used once. You're not allowed to use it any, anymore. But understand how many of us would love to sit down and talk with Jesus. But Jesus said it's better for him to leave us so he could send the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you can talk to the Holy Spirit every day? You don't have to hope. You don't have to wait. I mean, you can go home today and have lunch with the Holy Spirit. It'd be great to do it as a family, but you can sit by yourself and have lunch with the Holy Spirit and talk to him. And if you listen, he will speak to you. Jesus said it's better for him to go so the Holy Spirit can come. Speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there are so many times, I want you to hear me, and I'm, I'm going to reiterate this because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying today. There's so many times that I pray in tongues. There's so many times that because I can't sing on tune at all, I just worship the Lord in tongues. Do you know that when you come into the house of the Lord, if all of a sudden a song's being played that you don't know, that you can still worship the Lord? And if you're like, well, I don't really, I haven't received the gift of tongues yet, then you can just worship the Lord and thank him for whatever, he want, whatever you want. You just worship him. A friend sent me a message this morning, and it was just a little joke, but it was fun. It was Francis Chan. He just said, somebody came to him and was like, oh, I didn't really enjoy worship this morning. And Francis Chan's response was, well, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you. <laughs> you can worship the Lord by worshiping in tongues. It's powerful. But today as we talk about the interpretation of tongues, we're going to be talking about the public tongue. Speaking in tongues in a public setting like you heard this morning. So as I'm speaking about it, I don't want you to think I'm talking about your private time or your time at home or when you're praying with just a couple friends. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a room like this. So as we talk about this, understand my heart and my belief is how powerful tongues can be. Not can be, is. So we're going to read 1 Corinthians 14. And in 1 Corinthians 14, it actually talks about the gifts and it talks about having an order of service, and when we come together, it talks about the gifts of prophecy and tongues. It talks about an order of service when we're worshiping together. And so we're going to start at verse 1. And so we're going to read for a little bit, and I'm going to stop and talk a little bit here and there. Verse 1 says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people 
for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather you prophes- have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So I want you to hear me this morning. I'm not elevating prophecy. When we speak in tongues in a public setting, if somebody interprets it, it's powerful. It's powerful. Because now we all understand. So this morning when our brother spoke out in tongues, most of you would, in the room, if you were a believer, you know you're waiting. You're waiting for the interpretation. If you're brand new here, you thought somebody was crazy. She's like, I don't understand what's going on. But the moment the words came in a language you could understand, it edified your heart. It spoke to you. You were able to relate to it. And so this is the power of the interpretation. This is the power of interpretation. When we speak in a tongue and it's interpreted, it now edifies the whole church. It edifies us as a body. Verse 6 says, Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will it be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or a word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as a pipe or a harp, now will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will be ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will be just speaking into the air. So again, hear my heart. Speaking in tongues is powerful. But every one of you that knows me knows that if I go to this keyboard and start playing, none of you That's as good as it gets. Actually, I can do a little bit more, but that's about it. You don't know how to sing along. And if I start leading you in song, you're going to all go, I'm not sure what tune he's singing. Harmonize with me. I don't even know what that sounds like. I think somebody's killing a cat. So there's a part of it that if we don't make it clear, it's hard to follow. And so when we speak in tongues, we want to make sure that there's an interpretation. There's a following. Now again, hear me, this is a public setting. If Melissa and I are at home and we're praying over our house and we're praying in our front room and we begin just to pray in tongues, that's fine. That's powerful. Because even in that moment, as we pray in tongues together, we are all of a sudden, one of us is going to start praying in English again. So the idea is that there's a revelation. So understand me, I'm only speaking about public tongues. Verse 10 says, Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those of building up the church. For this reason, verse 13, The one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. And that's what we saw this morning. This is what happened this morning. There's a tongue given. 
And then you hear the stillness, waiting for an interpretation. And as the interpretation did not come, our brother Gary prays and asks the Lord, Lord, no one else is giving it. Give it to me. And the Lord gives it to him and he speaks it. And so every one of us understands what is happening. Every one of us understands what was said. And there's many of you in this room, the moment that he said, you saying, I'm waiting here for you. But I need you to know I was waiting for you. Some of you in this room, your heart broke, your heart shifted, your heart softened to know that the Lord of our whole world was waiting for you. The moment that those words were spoken, the interpretation, the revelation, your heart was shifted. And you knew that the Lord spoke because some of you, one of you came here this morning saying, God, nobody cares. Nobody even cares if I show up this morning. No one's even going to notice. Lord, I'd love for you to tell me that somebody, have somebody tell me they're waiting just to see me today. And you walked in and sat down and maybe nobody shook your hand and, and nobody said, oh, I was waiting for you. I was waiting to see you today. And you were heartbroken. The enemy was whispering lies in your ear saying, see, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke to you and said, I didn't have anybody tell you they were waiting for you because I needed you to know that I was. I was waiting for you. And I wait for you every day. I want to talk to you every day. I want to be in a relationship with you every day. It doesn't matter who you bump into. It doesn't matter who shakes your hand or doesn't shake your hand. I am your heavenly father and I'm waiting for you. And your heart shifted. Because you were hoping a person, you didn't even imagine that the savior of our world would say, I'm waiting for you. It's waiting for you. Verse 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing in my spirit, but I'll also sing in my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. Verse 17. And I just want to pause here for a sec. Again, hear me. Praying in tongues is strong and powerful. But if you're in a group setting and we're all praying in tongues, we're not even sure if we're on the same page. Yes, we're praying in the Spirit, but what if I started praying in the Spirit because I need a prayer for my family and you need a prayer for work? How do we know? Because all of a sudden when we start praying in English, we're able to agree and intercede with one another. Now the Bible tells us when you're not sure what to pray, your Spirit will groan for you. It'll pray for you, so it's healthy. But can you imagine, if you're part of our church, you understand that every, every month we pray for our mayor and counselor and the police and our, and our military. Could you imagine if I invited one of our board of directors up here and they came up and they said, let's pray. And as they went to pray, they just prayed the whole time. I should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Hyundai. And they just began to pray and just praying in tongues. And at the end of it, they're like, amen. And they went back and sat down. 
Every one of us wouldn't know whether we agreed in prayer or not. Now, if they came up and they started to pray in tongues and just intercede for our counselors and our mayor and, and the leadership of our city, and then all of a sudden they began to pray, Father, we just lift up our mayor to you. We lift up all of our counselors to you. And Father, the upcoming vote, we pray that your leaders are put in place. And Father, we pray for your wisdom to flow through them. We pray that Holy Spirit, they're sensitive to you and that they have a fresh revelation of who you are and you are encountered into their life. Now, how many of you can say amen to that? Right? So understand me, there is power in praying in tongues. There is power in praying in tongues publicly, but if we don't translate, if we don't give an interpretation, if we don't follow it up in a language that people understand, it falls. It falls. Now, there are moments as leaders, we will come up and we will say, we need to pray for need today. If you can pray in a heavy language, everybody pray. And everybody's praying. And everybody's praying. This is healthy. This is good. But you know, as leaders, we don't just leave it there. We stand and we pray, and we, we pray in tongues as a, as a congregation, as a unified body of Christ, and then somebody leads out and prays. And you're able to encounter and fight in the Spirit, and then you're able to bring unified because everybody understands what we're praying for. Both are needed. Both are healthy. This is what the word of God is telling us. Verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligent words to instruct others in 10,000 words in tongues. If we don't follow it up, it drops. It drops. Please, I want to reiterate, I believe in praying in tongues publicly. I believe in the power of praying in tongues but I have to instruct you and teach you what Paul is saying. If we just pray in tongues and nobody says anything else, it confuses people. Now don't misunderstand me. Praying in tongues is powerful. When you pray in tongues, you can shift an atmosphere. If you're in a prayer meeting and there's just a handful of you and you're all believers and you just pray in tongues out loud, it's healthy. But the Bible says the moment somebody walks in the door that's an inquirer, we need to explain. We need to give an interpretation. Sometimes the interpretation, you'll hear Pastor Melissa, you'll hear some of the worship leaders, they'll be worshiping and also they begin to worship in the Spirit. You'll hear them worshiping the Spirit, and then they'll begin just to worship the Lord in English. For me, that's the interpretation. For me, that's them just, oh, there it is. And some of us, our spirit will just flow with us and just begin to pray. If you stand beside me, you might not like the sound of it, but you'll hear me just worshiping in tongues. Because it's a part of my spirit that just wants to connect with the Holy Spirit. And they can connect on a level that I just, as my human words, my English words, just won't connect. If I asked you right now, just begin to speak out loud how amazing God is, you will run out of words within probably 30 seconds. You'll start to repeat words. If you hit 30 seconds. God, you're amazing. You're wonderful. You're incredible. Ah, you're wonderful. You're, ah, shoot. And that's where our spirit takes off. And it's able to praise the Lord in ways that we can't. If there's health in it. I want you to understand. And I'm reiterating this because I don't want anybody to be confused. There is such power in praying in tongues, but I'm teaching you on the interpretation of tongues in a public setting. And this is what our Bible is teaching us. 
in a public setting, everyone needs to understand, needs to know what is happening. 1 Corinthians, as we look back in this, as we talk about praying in the tongues and edifying everybody, I think it was great that the Holy Spirit moved this morning in a way of tongues and interpretation because it just kind of brings it not just words that we're talking about, but we've seen it. We just, we just watched it happen. And the verse says in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, we're just jumping back. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when we come together, or sorry, we're jumping down, when we come together, each of you has a hymn or a song or a word or instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should go keep quiet in the church and speak to himself or God. And that is where you see what just happened this morning. It was beautifully done. Gary spoke out in tongues, and then he paused and waited, waiting for one of you. And can I encourage you? As we teach on this, I want you to know that when the person that speaks out in tongues gives the interpretation, it's technically, biblically, the last resort. When we speak in tongues, we're waiting for interpretation. And I think sometimes we're so used to well, if so-and-so or so-and-so or so-and-so, we see it all the time. If somebody speaks in tongues, they'll probably give the interpretation. But many of you I know operate in the gift of interpretation. And you just need to operate in it. We went through this gift of the Spirit series not to fill the summer. We did it because we want to see you grow in your giftings. And as the last word that was given, God has gifts for every one of us. So as Gary spoke in tongues, he went quiet and he waited. He waited. He was waiting for somebody in the room to give the interpretation. And because we understand the Bible, he began to pray, okay, God, I know this is you, and I actually don't want to just keep quiet and talk to you. I know you talk to me, so Lord, if it was you, please give me the interpretation, because I know you were speaking through me. And then the Lord spoke to him and gave him the interpretation, and then he spoke it out. And he shifted our hearts and changed our lives. Because we're obedient to the gifts that the Lord has placed in us. So when somebody speaks in tongues and they go quiet and wait and you have this words to come out of you that you want to speak but you're just like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm not, what if I get it wrong? Okay? Truthfully, I'd rather see you get it wrong than not get it at all. Do you know that you get it wrong every time you don't share it? I think it was, it was Wayne Gretzky or Michael Jordan, one of the two. They're both great, so probably both said it. You miss every shot you don't take. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. Allow him. Speak for him. Use the gifts that are in you. If you're not sure if you have the gift, give it a whirl. Try. And see how the Lord will work in you. Again, the instructions that we're talking about for public setting... And anyone who speaks in a tongue, two or the most three should speak, and one must interpret. And this is why back in verse 13 it said, for this reason, as we just talked about, one who speaks in tongues should pray that they may interpret what they have said. It is a strengthening and unifying the body when there's an interpretation. Back in verse 5 we read, if 
I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather you prophesy. One of the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. You got to catch the next word. I don't want anybody to think, well, I prophesy, so I'm greater. I know it says that, but you got to read the next word. What's that word? Unless someone interprets. Neither one is greater. But if one, pro- if one speaks in tongues and nothing happens, prophecy is more powerful. Because we actually understand what's being said. But if there's tongues and then, unless someone interprets, if somebody interprets it, that means every one of us understands we're edified. So no one's greater. No one's greater. It is the interpretation that brings us together. It's interpretation that draws everyone close. I want to share a story. Um, some of you will know the gentleman's name, David Shepard. He was our district superintendent for a long time, and, and he's now retired. But he tells a story. His home church with Portico, but because of his job, he traveled so much. Uh, he was rarely there, let alone there two weeks in a row. But on the, this rare occasion, he showed up twice, like two weeks in a row. And the first Sunday he was there, somebody spoke out in a word of tongues. And again, because of his role in our district and, and in all the churches, when he shows up at his own church, he kind of likes to sit in the back corner and be quiet and not let anybody see him. And as this word is being spoken in tongues, he feels the spirit in him, giving him the interpretation. And he says, he prayed, Lord, give it to somebody else. And he just felt it, and he's like, all right. So he shares the interpretation. Then he goes home, has lunch. The next week, he said, he's like, it's rare that he's there two weeks in a row, but he walks back in the second week, and somebody comes walking up with somebody he doesn't know, and they talk to him, and, and they introduce uh, Pastor Shepherd to this guy, and they say, this guy was here last week, and he just wants to talk to you about what happened. And so the gentleman looked at Pastor Shepherd, and I can't remember the language. I think it was Spanish. He looked at Pastor Shepherd and said, how long have you been speaking Spanish? Pastor Shepherd looked at him and says, I don't speak Spanish. He's like, no, 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 like how long have you been speaking? He's like, I don't speak Spanish. He's like, I was here last week when that person spoke in Spanish. And you translated it. And Pastor Shepherd said, hold on, just want you to know, I need to, we need to talk for a second. I didn't translate it. Biblically, we call it an interpretation. I said, he does, I don't speak Spanish. I didn't even know he spoke Spanish. And the gentleman responded to Pastor Shepherd and he said, I am the head of of the Spanish department at the University of Toronto. And there is no way that I could translate it even any better than the way that you did. And it shifted that professor's heart and mind. The word, the interpretation actually didn't even shift him. It was watching the power of God give somebody a supernatural ability to speak in a language to interpret a language that they didn't know. And this professor, who speaks fluently, was I couldn't do it any better. So there is times where the interpretation will shift hearts and minds, but we also don't know who is in the room that actually picks it up and goes, wait, I know that language. And then when the interpretation is given, they're not actually changed by those words. They're changed by the fact that a supernatural ability has happened right in front of them. A miracle has happened. And somebody is able to give a translation, or we call it, we understand as interpretation. He sees it as a translation. 
I know of another setting where somebody spoke out and, and spoke in tongues. And somebody in the room stood up and said, I forget where they were from, but it was this remote tribe. They said, I actually don't want to interpret. They understood the biblical concept, and they said, I actually don't want to interpret. I want to translate what they just said. And the person who spoke, this is such a rare tribal language that they didn't know it. And the person was excited because they believe in God, they believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, they believe in speaking in tongues, but all of a sudden they're like, I'm not interpreting, translating. And I know this person has no idea what they just said. And they translated the praises of God because of the power of the Lord. These gifts are for every one of us. These gifts are for us to edify one another. We pray for one another. We seek for one another. And we can shift lives. Do you understand Every one of you in this room, I believe that if you are a Christ follower, you have, I will not stretch you at all if I say to you, do you pray and ask God for the gift of wisdom or knowledge in your life? How many of you? How many pray to God and say, God, I need the gift of wisdom and knowledge today to solve this problem? How many? It's okay to raise your hand. You haven't been sweating that much. It's okay. All right. So, why do I stretch you when I say, Pray and ask God for the gifts of healing, the gifts of the miraculous, the gifts of tongues, the gifts of interpretation of tongues. Why do I stretch us when we talk about the gift of distinguishing spirits? Why do we get to those levels and go, well, that's not for everybody? But you'll pray for wisdom and knowledge. It's a gift. I don't know about you, but I have kids. I would not give a gift to them that I know Sorry, I wouldn't withhold a gift from them that I know is good for them. I want them to have it. These gifts are good for you. He wants you to have them. The word even this morning said, not only was he waiting for you, but he has gifts for every one of you that he wants you to have. He wants you to have. Can you imagine to have the ability to the, the interpretation of tongues, to walk into your workplace and a new person walks in and they're speaking to somebody else of their own nation and they're speaking in a tongue that you do not understand and you're able to walk up to them and you're able to give them a word from God because you all of a sudden understood what they were saying. Because God translated it in your spirit and you were able to walk over and share Jesus Christ with them. Now, just to be clear with Paul's heart towards speaking in tongues in a public setting, at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, it says this in verse 39 and 40. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but in everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. I want you to hear my heart. No way, no way would you ever hear me say that we're not going to speak in tongues. Tongues is too powerful. I just wanted to teach you what the word says. This is the way it's done. And just to be clear, a mentor showed this to me one time, and and I'm running time here, but I want to share something with you, because so many times, if you've grown up in the church, you know 1 Corinthians 14, and when the Spirit starts to move, we always go to the verse that says, two or three should speak and no more. Um, I just want you to say, I want to show you something. I want you to kind of read the whole chapter, because um, it says, where am I here? Let me find it real fast. Verse 29 says, two or three prophets should speak, and, they, and the others weigh carefully what is said. I don't know about you, but there's so many times we're in the church when the Spirit of God moves, we count. One, two, three, no more. We've got to stop. We're controlled by a religious spirit. 
How often do we come together and nobody speaks besides me, and the Bible says two or three should speak, and we walk out still believing God moved. Just want to stretch you a little bit this morning. If you're going to count one, please count the other and expect any time we come together that two or three should speak. I want you to know, I look through the room every Sunday and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And you'll see us as staff where one or two might come up. It's not because we're trying to extend the service, because we believe that God wants to speak and our word tells us two or three should. Should speak. Just want to encourage you, stretch yourselves to the gifts. Watch God move, and he will change lives. So I want to encourage you this morning to eagerly seek the gifts and use them. Grow in wisdom, knowledge, and faith. Pray for healings and the miraculous. Seek prophecy. Grow in the distinguishing of gifts, or in the distinguishing of spirits, and seek the gift of tongues, and grow in it, and seek the gift of interpretation in tongues. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your ability just to pour into our lives. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our hearts and pouring into us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for all of the gifts that you give us. And this morning, I pray right now for your spirit to flow through this room. I thank you for the people that raised their hand to accept you for the first time and raised their hand to recommit their life to you. Now, Holy Spirit, we release you into this place to change lives, to fill them up, to stir up the gifts in them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that we walk out of this place changed. Let us be a light for you. Let us walk in the gifts. Let us walk in your power so that, Father, everybody we encounter knows that they have met Jesus. And so, Lord, protect us and keep us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week.